Hallelujah. We are today going to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. The book of Ephesians, chapter 1, please. We have, uh, or I have been in the last uh, couple weeks here, been talking about identity, uh, who we are in Christ. And really what the Spirit of God told me coming into this year is uh, uh, to, to... uh, really empower the people, amen, to, to begin to identify with your true identity. That's how he said it. To identify with your true identity, amen. Because how many know you have a true identity? And not everybody maybe knows that identity yet. Now, you might know your, you know, your birth name, you know, and, and uh, you know, you were raised up under in a family, and this was your, you know, this was your birth name and all that. Or maybe uh, some had been married, so their name has changed to a different name. And you, you know, in that sense, you know, you know, we're not saying you don't know uh, your name, but a lot of people don't know who they are in Christ. And so, uh, you know, we uh, there's three main things that uh, you need to really know. There's, and of course, everything kind of spins off of this. But the three major things that you need to know uh, to be successful in life, really as a child of God, uh, to have all, in a sense, all the, uh, you know, all these life questions that happen throughout uh, day to day and all that kind of stuff. The three things is know who your God is, know who your enemy is, and you need to know who you are. And these are key. All right, you have to know who your God is. Amen. Because a lot of times you're, 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 you know, you're, you're in a mode of trying to get something, and, and you're begging, or you're doing this or that, and you don't know who your God is. You're, you don't have to beg. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Or sometimes you're pointing your finger at a problem or an issue, and you're, uh, you know, you're upset about this or that, and sometimes you just, you just don't know who your enemy is. You might think you know, that, that neighbor of yours is your enemy. You might think that employer is your enemy, or that pastor is your enemy, or, or uh, did I say that? Yeah. You might think that you're your enemy. Because a lot of people say that, you know, I'm my worst, my worst uh, enemy, you know. And, 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 you know, and then the natural, uh, it could be that your head's all uh, gone squirrely or something. Amen. We're not going to deny that. But, but you're really not even your enemy. Come on. Now, you might have yielded to the enemy. Come on now. And the Word says, we're too agreeous touching anything that shall be given. And you've got an agreement with the enemy. Look at your neighbor and go, yuck. See, nobody wants that mess. See, you might not be clear on who your enemy is. And there's a lot of folks that are not clear on who they are. They're still trying to earn acceptance and still trying to uh, become right before God and trying to, trying to get God to love them more, or get God to answer. Or do. And the whole time, the Word says you're already redeemed. You're already forgiven. You're already bought and paid for. Come on, you're already accepted. You're already, uh, God's already in love with you. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? You're already the righteousness of God. Already, it's a done deal. You're already, and if you know Christ, you're a new creation in Christ. And your past is no longer, uh, you know, no longer your problem. Now, I had a past that became a problem. That when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, it's no longer my problem. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. So there's some things you have to know. Today we're going to talk about uh, an identity and being revealed and what it means uh, about uh, having a revelation or things being revealed. And hopefully, uh, I believe with all my heart, you're going to leave this place different. Amen. I know we prayed that, but I'm just making an acknowledgement once again. Uh, this is uh, going to change your life. Are you with me? Yes. A 
Ephesians 1, verse 15, this is what a lot of people call one of the Pauline prayers, a prayer of Paul uh, over, over the people uh, at Ephesus. And he says this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him or acknowledgement of Him or full discernment of Him. Amen. The eyes of your understanding. Not talking about your natural eyes, but the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know some things. God always wants you to know things. God is not holding back from anybody. I said God is not holding back from anybody. The word is clear. He's trying to reveal to you the mysteries even of the kingdom. Amen. The mysteries of heaven. He's not keeping anything back from anybody. If you seek him, the word says, amen, he'll answer. He'll show you things. Praise God. Amen. Most of the time it just comes comes down to this. We're not really seeking him. We're not really in, in seek mode. We're just, you know, hoping somehow we catch it by osmosis. Are you hearing me? Amen. So anyway, it goes on. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working? Now he's defining that power. Amen. Any believers in the house today? All right. So he starts defining that according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is available, is there for you and me, those who believe. Let me ask that question one more time. Any believers in the house? All right, so this is the power that's available to you. Amen. So which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above or far above all, principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be, what? Head over what? All things to the church, which is his body. So he put, if, all, if the enemy, amen, all principality, power, every name is, is beneath the feet, you're the body. He's the head, you're the body, which means, amen, that the enemy needs to be beneath your feet. Amen. Can I hear amen? an amen there? All right. Verse uh, 22 again. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, what you have in this text, uh, you have some information about, uh, you know, who he is, who your enemy is, or at least where your enemy belongs is what you see in this text. Amen. So we have some information about your enemy. We also have some information about you. Now, if we remember about two weeks back, we took some time, went through some verses here in in Ephesians 1, because Ephesians 1 has got a lot to say about who you are. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm not going to necessarily go back and read it all, because we're not. we just got things to get done today. But just, you know, the Word says you're blessed. It says that you're chosen. Amen. It says that you're predestined. It says, praise God, that you're accepted in the beloved. The word says you're redeemed through his blood. 
Amen. That you have the forgiveness of sins. Come on, somebody. Anybody hearing me today? Amen. Now, these are just, these are part of the, part of the things that define your true identity. You're already accepted. You're already forgiven. You uh, pray, amen. You already have a future. You're pre You have a future. You're not trying to earn one. You're not trying to somehow, you know, manipulate God to get one. You already have one. You just got to stay connected, amen, because then it says all through the same text, it starts talking about in Christ, in Him, in the Beloved, in Him, in Himself, in Christ, in Him, in Him. You think he was trying to make a point? In Him, right? Come on, in whom? See, all this is yours, but it's in Him, right? So the more that you connect with Him, the more you find out who you are. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. All right, so let's go uh, real quick. Uh, I told I already warned my uh, uh, my team back there that I never know which direction this is going to go because every time I sat down to, uh, to to get you know to prepare for this, it always came out different. So we're just going to roll with it. We're going to verse seventeen, okay? Verse seventeen. Praise God. Are you thankful for the word? Yes. I said, are you thankful for the word? Amen. The Word of God, you know, really is kind of there for, uh, for a few uh, reasons. Number one, to, to renew our minds because we need our minds renewed. Amen. Because as your mind goes, so goes your life. So we have to keep our minds renewed, and that's what we're doing here. We're, uh, that's one of the reasons you come to church is, amen, to hear the Word. Amen. To renew your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, you need your mind renewed. Amen. You need it renovated, right? Come on, right? Because when that happens, then the Word says transformation comes. Amen. In other words, your life gets changed just because you renew your mind, change your way of thinking. Then you change your life. Come on, right? Are you still with me? Also, what the word's for is for faith to come. The word uh, says in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So you have faith or confidence or reliance upon God begins to increase as you hear that word. In other words, if you know what to put your faith towards, if you know what to believe for, it's a lot easier to believe for what you need. But you got to be informed about it. Still with me? All right. And the last thing I'm going to say about this word is that it brings revelation. Amen. A revealing. And we see here in verse seven, uh, 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. I mean, that's a good thing. Wisdom is just uh, how to live life skillfully is what that word means. It means to take the information, uh, the data, and all that comes at you, amen, and be able to apply it to life. What you take, what you, uh, what you reject, what you uh, move forward in, what you uh, let go of, all that kind of stuff begins to happen. So the spirit of wisdom is there and a thing called revelation. Because that's our focus today, that's where we'll focus our attention. All right, everybody say revelation. revelation. The word revelation, amen, refers to an uncovering. Amen. An exposing of something to make known literally means to bring into the light. All right. To bring into view. Amen. So you can see. So it's bring into view, bring into the light. Amen. To uncover and expose something. Praise God. So God is wanting to uncover things and show you things. He wants you to know things. Amen. But if we don't take the time to, you know, hook up uh, to this, then revelation ain't going to come because you have no, you got nothing to go off of. Still with me? Amen. We brought this out, you know, um, uh, a couple weeks back, 
I don't know, I might have touched on it again last week, I don't know, but, um, you know, the word uh, is referred to as the mirror. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says uh, that uh, we with an unveiled face, of course, what he just got done saying, he said we're looking, or we're beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. He's talking about, in context, talking about the Word. See, he's talking about His Word, and, and, and probably more specifically talking about the new covenant. Okay? So the, that covenant, that new covenant you have, which is in that Word, amen, as you look in that, it says, amen, that as you look into that, you are then now being transformed, or that word metamorphial, which means we get a word metamorphosis. So you're metamorphosized, hello, made different, changed from one thing entirely into something else. Metamorphosis is the process of a tadpole to a, a frog, you know, a, 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 a butter, a, pardon me, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly is, is another uh, uh, type of metamorphosis that happens. So what happens, God is trying to metamorphosize you. I know it's not a real word, but it's, it sounds good. So uh, as you begin to look into that word, hallelujah, it begins to change you. You begin to see something, and it says it transforms you into that image. Right? See, the glory of the Lord, right? You're seeing the glory of the Lord, and, you, and what it is, you're being transformed into that image. Are you hearing me? And then it says from glory to glory, which means that it is a process. Don't you just wish when you got saved, your head would have just got... Wouldn't that have been nice? No more thought of yesterday. Well, I guess maybe if you think that through, it might not be all bad uh, or be all good either for that matter. But, but the bottom line is when it comes time to things, what happens a lot of times the stuff that hangs us up is all that stuff back here because all our life we were trained a certain way. All our life we heard things. We were around things. And even loved ones and friends and things that just keep, you know, you grow in schools and, and all the things and work and all this stuff begins to just keep, you know, it's just added here and added here and sticks to you here and sticks to you there and sticks to you here and sticks to you here. Come on, you get born again. The new man on the inside is reborn. It's new, but they still got this old head. It still thinks the way it used to. Come on. And it had been nice if that whole thing would have just instantly got flushed. Right? And all of a sudden got a new mind and it's like, hallelujah. But it don't work that way. You have to renew that mind. Still with me? Okay, renovate that mind, all right? So it's a process from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it's a work of the Spirit. Amen. It ain't you just trying to make everything happen. It's as you are looking in the mirror and you meditate on that and look in that, as you keep doing that, all of a sudden you begin to change into that image. Amen. A process by the Spirit of God that begins to work. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about there's all these things that I hadn't seen here, hadn't heard, and uh, you hadn't entered into the heart of man. Amen. But there's, there's things, here we go, things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody say things. Yeah. I could use a few more things. Yeah. Amen. Some of these God things. Come on, right? So these things, amen. And verse, uh, verse 10, let's put that up there. It says, but God has revealed them. What's them? 
the things, these things that eye hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, that hadn't yet entered into the heart of man. But there are things that God wants to show you. Come on now. God wants to reveal to you. Wants to pull the cover back and show you. Are you still with me? Come on, this is how it works. See, sometimes what happens is you think, okay, you got to be a Christian. Okay, I got to be a Christian. And you're like, okay, what's it mean to be a Christian? Well, you, you, you got to love God. Okay, I love God. Okay, next, you got to love people. Huh? Yeah, you got to love people. Okay, I love people. Okay, you also got to love that guy. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold it. You got to forgive. Whoa, slow down, right? See, what happens is we, so many times people get saved, and then they just, they just you know, try to do this and do that. And, and I can pull up about a half a dozen lists in there that says, you know, don't do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And pretty soon you got this whole list, and you're saying, that's a list. And you're thinking, if, I gotta, if I'm going to be a Christian, i gotta, I got to do the list. Well, he says, no, 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 that's not what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to look in here. Let me work that in you. And you just believe what I show you. That's your job. Believe what I show you. Now, that's a process. Because when he starts saying you're already redeemed, you're thinking, whoa. You're already forgiven. Whoa. You already accepted. Whoa. You're already loved. Whoa. See, well, our head wants to fight with it. But it says that he'll show you by the Spirit of God. He'll reveal things to you by the Spirit of God. Put that verse back up there again. Amen. Transformed from the same into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's a work of the Spirit. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Okay, so let's put our nose in the book, right? Okay, so let's see what he says here in this text. Let's go back now to chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 17 again. He's given you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The word knowledge here just means uh, full discernment of his, and it really it's referring to of his perspective. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, he just got done telling you all this stuff about who you are. Well, you're going to have to hook up, right? So he's trying to give you now a revelation or a reveal this to you, amen, hallelujah, of how he views you. In context, what he's talking about. In context, he's talking about how he views you, how he sees you. Well, I'm trying to see him. Well, that's fine. That's what we should do, try to see him. But he says, as you see me, I'm going to show you you. You say, huh? Yeah. As you see him, he shows you you. Right? The more you see him, the more you find out who you are. The more he's revealed, the more you're revealed. That's how it works. Amen. Is that good? That's good stuff. I already got myself happy. Anybody else happy in the house? All right, so let's take a look at some more. So Because you can't forget about what he's already said. All right, but now he goes in verse 18. The eyes, you know, we're trying to show you something, but not by the natural eye. Because what we want to do is look at the natural with the natural eye. We go look in a, in a natural mirror and go, whew. 
And we think there ain't no hope. But in God, he says, don't look, don't use those eyes. Use the eyes of the understanding, and I'll show you there is hope. You might look in a natural mirror and say, there's no future. But God says the eyes of the understanding will give you, show you, he'll show you something that you do have a future. You might look in the natural mirror and say, there's no way he could accept this. He says, I'm not moved by your natural eyes. I'm moved, amen, I'm going to show you something by the eyes of your understanding. But the only way it's going to happen, you're going to have to look at it and receive it. Believe it. Come on, somebody. So first thing he's trying to show you, there's a few things he says in this text. The first one says this. He wants to, uh, the eyes of you understand to be enlightened, or in other words, to be made to see, all right, that you may know some things, right? What does he want you to know? The first thing he wants you to know is what is the hope of his calling? What is the hope or the expectation of his calling? He's talking, it's a bidding. So he's calling. It means he's calling you. Trudy! Juan! Gary! We're calling out. So, amen, the expectation. Why is he calling Rick? Rick! Why is he calling Rick? Why is he calling Trudy? Why is he calling me? Why is he calling you? Well, he must see something in you you don't see in you. Or he may see something in you maybe the next guy don't see in you. But he sees something in you. Are you still with me? Now, a calling. So what's going on here? Well, first and foremost, let me get to my notes here. Hallelujah. He's revealing his acceptance of you. Why is he calling you? Because you're already accepted. Amen? That's first and foremost. Look at your name and say, I'm accepted. Now, you may not feel accepted. I've had a lot of people say, you just don't know. I just Nobody likes me. Nobody. No, 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 no. Somebody likes you. Somebody loves you. Well, I'm just not accepted. No, you are too accepted. Well, nobody lets me in the, in the group. Well, it doesn't matter what kind of natural group. You're in the group. You're in the group. Amen. As soon as you receive that, you might be amazed at how many other groups you get in. Once you receive who you are in the group. Come on, somebody. Because, see, you know, where you're at, amen, will change. When you find out who you are, it changes where you are. When you find out who you are, it changes how you are. But you got to find out who you are. Well, first and foremost, you got to accept the fact that you are accepted. Amen. That's why he's calling you. Hey, I'm calling you. Karina, I'm calling you. Karina, you're, you're being called. You're being summoned. Called upon. Amen. Why? Because you've been accepted. Amen. So you, just that alone, you can't go around saying, you know, thinking that God, you know, isn't on your side or whatever. No, God has already accepted you, and he's calling out to you. Amen. What's he calling you for? Higher things. Better things. Greater things. Amen. You have a future. Amen. Hallelujah. His thoughts towards you are thoughts of, of, of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So he wants to show you that future. Amen. He wants to show you that expectation, that hope. Amen. See, there's a lot of people walking around hopeless because they're too busy looking in a natural mirror or accepting what somebody else said. Come on, somebody. See, if you won't believe him, you'll believe them. And I've said this many times, you know, to believe the lie, 
means to not believe the truth. So you're believing what somebody else said or what that natural mirror's saying. Come on. Or what you're feeling, how you view you. So we might need to really upset the apple cart there uh, about how you view you. Because maybe how you're viewing you ain't even close to how God's viewing you. And quite frankly, I'd rather go off of what he thinks than what I think any day. Come on, somebody, right? Or at least get my thinking in line with his thinking. It's probably a better way of saying it. But the bottom line is, he's, he's calling out, he's accepted you. All right? What's the second, the second part? To know, right, the, the hope of his calling. And what, what's the next one? Huh? In other words, to know, amen, to know the hope of his calling. And what? To know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, okay? Now, the word riches here means wealth or value, high value. So he, we want to know what is the value of the glory, listen, of the glory of his inheritance. Everybody say his inheritance. His inheritance. What's his inheritance? Us. It says his inheritance in the saints. That's you and me. So what he's trying to show you is this. He says, I want you to know not only the, the expectation of the bidding, the calling that you're accepted, but I also want you to know your value. What is your value? Think about this. He calls you his inheritance. He calls you his inheritance. And he wants you, amen, What's that? He's to know what a, the riches of the glory, the wealth of the glory, the value of the glory of you. You're his inheritance. If you don't, I mean, if you, listen, if you will believe how much he values you, you will change your perspective of you. It'll change in a heartbeat. But you have got to believe how he values you. You may have grew up all your life, and I don't know if that's all proper English, but you may have grown up all your life with people telling you you have no value. So what happens is your mind, then every time you think of you or look in a mirror, all you see is somebody with no value, which is a lie. And all of a sudden, if you start receiving not only that acceptance, but the value, how God values you. God sees you as his inheritance. That's how he sees you. And you're over here beating yourself up, saying, I'm just a loser. I can't do nothing. I can't ever be. I can't. And God's thinking, don't, don't do that to yourself. That's not how I see you. See, if you begin to come into this saying, hallelujah, you're not only coming into an understanding of who he is, and we're going to talk more about that in just a second, but all of a sudden it reveals who you are. So we got, we got the, the calling, the bidding. We got the value. You, you're accepted. You're valued. What's the next one? It talks about his, his power, right? Is that what it says? Verse 19 now. And what is, the, in other words, to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. The exceeding greatness of, everybody say, his power, his power. that's toward us. 
Huh, his power, the word power, uh, dunamis, or dunamis, it depends, yeah, everybody kind of pronounce it a little different, but it means a force or a strength or an ability. It means a miracle-working power, sometimes is how it's defined, but it means a to-be-possible force. In other words, you have potential. Why? Because a to-be-possible force is working right now or available unto you who believe? That's that's the that's the guideline. You got to believe. You got to believe that. Well, you know, um, you know, my whole life I've had to work for everything. Well, that's that's a that's something we got to change your mind about. There's nothing wrong with, with working and working hard. Ain't nothing about wrong with that in itself. But if if everything about what you get in God is based on your ability, you know, your own strength, we're in trouble. But if you receive His ability, Amen. Hallelujah, it becomes a different. So not only are we finding out that we're accepted? Not only are we finding out our value, come on, somebody, but we're finding out the abilities that we have in Him. That's only in Him. Are you still with me? Now, all of a sudden, you start grabbing hold of that, and you start to be, all of a sudden, you're becoming metamorphosized. You know, right now, you might just be, you know, the little thing that's just slithering around, kind of. Go find a place that you can build a cocoon and hide yourself, whatever. But he's trying to change you. So you got grow wings, drink a Red Bull. I don't think that's what he meant. But anyway, the point is, praise God, I'd rather, I'd rather have wings and fly than be this little. I mean, know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we feel like in our, this is our life, you know. This is about, you know, by the time I get to the end of this stick, uh, it should be about 80 years old. Holy, oh, if I just can't get to that. That's a lot of people, they live their life. And even though they got, they're born again, they got a, they're a new creation in Christ. Amen. They're heaven bound. But they're just. And God says, you need to grow wings. Right? You're supposed to soar like an eagle. Come on. So we got to get you, get you some wings. Amen. Well, how are you going to get wings? Well, it's, a, it's a, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So how are you going to grow wings? Amen. You're going to have to hook up. Amen. You're going to have to begin to let him reveal some things. Listen, with the revelation, amen, comes power. Just got to come into a knowing. See things. As, as, amen. You'll find out when you see who you are, amen, it's amazing how it will change you. I mean, we're talking instant change when you find out who you are. It changes everything. Right? right? Amen. When I found out I was the righteousness of God, it changed. I could take you to the spot if that building's still there. I could take you to the spot. If that forklift was still there, I could show you the forklift I was on when it happened. I could show you the row we went in. I was coming out with product, but before the guy that went in and the guy that came out with two different men. Now, I was born again when I went in there, but I came out knowing I'm in right standing with God. I didn't have to earn anything. Jesus paid a price for me. All I have to do is receive it. Somebody says, now, wait a minute. No, receive it. Because the quicker you receive it, the quicker it changes everything. Everything I struggled with began to fall off when I found out who I was. Somebody give the Lord a praise in this house. Amen. Now, the no... What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us 
who believe. Praise God. So he wants you to know your acceptance, your appraisal, in other words, your value, and he also wants you to know his ability that's in you. Are you still with me? Now, these are things that begin to fold as you get yourself in that book, get yourself in the Word of God. Still with me? Now, let's, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, you know, finding out who he is. And as you do, you start finding out who you are, right? Um, whew, this is the thing this morning that kind of jumped at me. And um, in, um, in Luke 15, we see the story of what we refer to as the prodigal son. And uh, what we have, you know, the son went to dad and said, hey, dad, you know, uh, you know, I, I want to start my life different. I want to do something, you know, different. I want out of here. I don't want to live in Redmond anymore. I want out. And uh, so uh, give me my inheritance, and uh, I'm going to go start my life new somewhere and uh, go make it out, go out there and make it out in the real world. All right? So dad did it. Dad gave him his inheritance. Well, we know the story, and that's how it gets its name, the prodigal son. He went out, because prodigal means wasteful, okay? So, you know, wasted or wasteful, prodigal living. So he goes out there thinking he's going to make it in the real world. How many? He didn't. You know, uh, nothing wrong with moving, going out and making it. Come on. But, but when you're out there on your own without God, it's going to be trouble, Bubba. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, he's out there, and the Word says, you know, he, everybody, you know, basically what happens is probably everybody took advantage of him. Come on, now he lost this, lost that, spent it on this, spent it on that, whatever. We, you know, we don't really know the whole story. We just know that one day he had something, next day he had nothing. Now, it might have been a process of days, but the point is, now he has nothing. So what's he doing? He goes in covenant with a pig owner, uh, you know, uh, a guy that raised pigs for a living because he's in another country. Now, how many know that's taboo for an Israelite? I said, how many know that's taboo for an Israelite? They don't eat pork. They sure as heck ain't going to be raising it. Come on, somebody, because it ain't right before God. So here he is now in covenant with a pig farmer, all right? So he's, you know, working for this pig farmer, and the Word says he was so so broke, he was so hungry that even what the pigs were eating looked good to him. That's pretty bad. Come on, he's wallowing here in the, in the yuck and, and thinking about eating what the pigs eat, but then he had an epiphany. He had this awakening, and he came to himself, the Word says. Praise the Lord. And he had this thought, you know, my dad treats his employees better than I'm being treated right now. I mean, he takes care of them, makes sure they got good food on the table, pays them all right. He's thinking, listen, I, I know that I'm not going to be accepted as his son anymore because of what I've done and because of what I'm doing now. I'm as good as dead, you know, in, the, in, the, in their culture that's what they, that's why he said he once was dead, but now he's not, right? Come on. Now he's alive, all right? So, uh, you know, he's there. But so he's thinking to himself, he starts working this whole thing, starts heading home, thinking, I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell dad, I know I'm not worthy to be your son, but if you will just hire me on as a servant, I'll be way better off than what I am right here. Is that right? So we all know the story. Okay, so he comes, he's heading back home. And the father notices him from afar off. So I mean, he was looking for him. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So as he's coming up the driveway, come on, up the lane, dad is running towards him, and he has his whole speech lined up what he's going to tell dad. 
Well, dad didn't really have anything, didn't really care about what he had to say. Right? He had his whole speech. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I really messed up my life. I'm sure you want nothing to do with me. But, and dad didn't hear any of it. Dad just threw his arms around him, kissed him up and down, just all, man, just, man, all over, just kissing on him, so grateful he's home. And he says, so uh, the boy tries again, try to, uh, you know, go, go through the whole speech. Now, listen, I know I'm not worthy. And, and the dad says, yeah, well, well, whatever. He says, hey, 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 bring the robe. Uh, dad, I, I know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bring the ring. Bring the shoes. Uh, yeah, bring the, somebody break out the fatted calf. Uh, dad, I know that. Uh, 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 we're going to have a party because my son's home. My son's home. My son's home. What happened? He's having a revelation who his father is because he didn't see his father that way but he does now and with a revelation who his father was it brought him into who he was are you still with me but now this story isn't just about one son this story is about two sons so the other son who didn't go off and live a prodigal lifestyle stayed at home did what he was supposed to do Come on now. And uh, he sees a party going on. He comes, comes in from the fields. And he's looking. He goes, what's, the, what's all the music? And the, why is the, bar, you know, the Barbie all lit up? And what, what, What's going on? So he pulls one of the servants aside. What's, what's happening? Well, your, your brother's home. He's back. He's saying, huh. Well, he's already got an issue with his brother because his brother, how dare he go off and not do what he should be doing? I have my whole life. Stayed close, served dad, did what I was supposed to do. It's about two sons, not about one. And both of them need a revelation who their father is. Are you still with me? I'm serious. Okay, so he comes up and finally hooks up with dad. And dad telling him, he's, you know, it's exciting. He says, he says, what do you mean? What are you doing throwing him some party? You need to let him know what you think, dad. Kick him out. Tell him, go find another farm. Son, he's your brother. He's my son. I love my son. I'd do anything for my son. I'd do anything for you. Oh, Dad, I don't get this, man. He said, listen, my whole, my whole life, I, I, I didn't transgress you. I didn't, I didn't cross. I mean, I did everything you asked me to do. I'm, I'm here. I didn't run off. I didn't do something stupid. Well, you are now. Hello? Now, here's the verse. What is it? Verse 31, I think, something like that. There it is. And he said to him, son, aren't you glad when you mess up, he still calls you son? <laughs> or daughter. <laughs> <Some of you. laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and as long as he's acknowledging me. Hallelujah. See, right? So he says, son, listen, you are always with me. And all that I have all that I have is yours. Now, this is a type of your heavenly father. That's what the whole story is about. All that I have is yours. What is he, he's starting to get a revelation who his dad is. Verse 32, all right? It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now, this, listen. All that I have is yours. 
All that I have is yours. It's right that we do this. What's happening? A revelation of him starts giving you a revelation of you. Now, you think about this. Now, you could be in one of those two categories. You might have been the son that ran off, went squirrely, because we have a few people who went squirrely. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking about you? <laughs> we have a few, few that went off and went squirrely, and you come back, and everybody makes those, woo <laughs> right? I mean, yay, they're back, hallelujah, good to see you, right? And then you got those that say, I never left. You don't treat me like that. You don't make over me. All that I have is yours. Anything we have here is yours. You have no reason to even feel that way. Because all that we have is yours. Come on, somebody. See, he's saying, all that I have is yours. It's good that we do this. It's right for us to do this. And all that I have is yours. Amen. I'll give you whatever you need. But it's right that we do this. What happens? You're finding out more about him. You're finding out more about you. Amen. God is never asking any of us to reach out, do anything without his help. Come on, somebody. The point is, it's really what comes down to it. Two sons get a revelation of dad. They both needed it. I said they both needed it. And when they receive that, it changes them. Amen. Now, we don't know, you know, does it, you know, we hope that the younger, you know, the other brother, the older brother got it. Come on, somebody. And I'm pretty sure he did, or maybe we would have heard more of the story. But there's a wake-up call. When you find out who your father is, you start finding out who you are. Come on, somebody. You find out who uh, your Lord is, you start finding out who, I mean, you, you stop and think about this. If all that he has is yours, well, that would almost indicate there are no limits. It wouldn't almost indicate it. It would indicate there are no limits. Now, does that change you when you realize there are no limits? See, sometimes we're here where it's easy to get caught up in that. You know what I'm doing? I'm serving God. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. I do all the things. I do this. I do that. I do this. I do this. All that he has is yours. What is it you need? All that he has is yours. That changes everything. Honey, you don't have to wait, uh, you know, to the sweet by and by. You can have all that he has right now. That changes who you are. That changes your whole perspective. Amen. It's different. Royalty, when they're born into royalty, they don't wake up one day going, I don't have anything. And, uh, they don't ever think that. They get up, somebody walks in the room, says, hello, sir, it's time. Here, here's your breakfast, here's your coffee, you know, blah, 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 to get you all ready. I think we should do this. You got this on your schedule today. The whole time they're thinking who they are. They don't, they don't war with it. Come on, somebody. Now, you know. We have a tendency to war with it. You can do all things. Oh, yeah, we're limited. But not if everything he has is yours. Okay, I don't think you're getting this. So let's, let's try another one. Let's just do another one. Let's go to John 8, what we have in John 8. Okay, we have a, an adulterous woman. 
So Jesus is ministering, teaching people. All of a sudden, here, come, uh, here comes the, the posse, uh, comes a group of folks. Amen. This uh, religious group shows up with this woman who is caught in the very act of adultery. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, throws her in front of her, or in front of him, and says, according to the law, this woman should be stoned for what she did. Now, there's always a lot of questions. I always think, what happened to the guy? So I don't know. Yeah, you think if, if she was in a, uh, there's a guy involved here somewhere, right? Come on, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, lightning fast mind here. You know, I'm thinking there's got to be a guy too, but you know, we don't know. We can only you know assume things. Maybe it was one of their buddies. I I don't know. Maybe how you know I don't know. Uh, it could be whatever. I don't know. All I know is they brought the woman, and the whole idea was not because they gave a rip about this woman. They didn't care about her. All they cared about was tripping up Jesus. That's it. We're gonna mess with him. We're gonna mess his day up. According to the law. This woman should be stoned for what she's done. What do you think? Well, the word says he kneeled down. He's kind of doodling in the sand, acting as if he never heard him. They question him again. What do you think? He's just doodling. Now, we don't know. We could be writing something on the, he might just be doodling, you know, a little sun, a little house. Here's the stream. I mean, we don't know. He could have just been doing designs on the ground. But we do know one thing. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it, and I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So what's he doing? I do know this. He is waiting to hear what he needs to say. See, we forget that it isn't just the religious these religious rulers that are around trying to pick on him a little bit, and not only just there's a woman laying on, uh, you know, kind of before him here, but we have a whole group of people standing behind him. Now, people forget about that group. And this whole story started with him teaching and ministering to this other group of people. And all of a sudden, this came up and began to manifest right in front of them to try to catch him off guard. Are you with me? So he's got to have an answer because they know that if he says, all right, let's stone her, he knows right then he's going to lose this whole group behind him. If he says, nope, I don't believe it, then we got you because you're not abiding by the law. We got you on that one. So he's got to come up with a word or something to do to deal with this. So God gives him a word. Looks up and he says, all right, let's stone her. He, without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And they're like, uh, uh, right? Now listen, this all plays into this. So he, they're like, Right? So, the, you know, the oldest to the youngest walks out, usually because the older ones are usually a little wiser. Figured it out. The young bucks are still kind of whatever. Anyway, get your own picture. But the point is, one by one, the word says, they all leave. Now, all that's left is this woman. Remember, there's still all the people behind him. This woman is still laying, you know, laid out before him here with her head down to the ground because she's you know, waiting to, for her fate here, her doom here, whatever. And uh, Jesus asked her, asked her a question. Where's your accusers? She looks up. Well, they're all gone. Now listen, I'm going to give you a revelation here. Neither do I. 
condemn you. Now, I'm also going to give you another revelation of who you are. Go and sin no more. That's not you. That's not who you are. Here's who I am. Neither do I condemn you. Many people need that revelation right there. I got so many people that war with their own walk in God because they've never received a revelation of the one who forgives. Neither do I condemn you. Now, you are a different person. Go and sin no more. Different. Then what happens? Next verse. He turns to the people and spoke to them again, saying, listen, he gives understanding. I am the light of the world. I'm the light. He who follows me, that literally means to be in the same way with or the same road with, same path with. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness or obscurity. That word also means ignorance. But will then have the light, the revealing, the light of life, Zoe life. So in other words, if you will look to me and follow me, you're going to find out not only who I am, you're going to find out who you are and what you have in me. Are you still with me? See, none of this, this whole thing, a woman, amen, he reveals to her who he is. I'm not the condemner. God isn't condemning you. Jesus told him, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's not here to condemn anybody. Not look to find fault with you. You're already feeling guilty because of what you've done or whatever. Come on, somebody. You don't need something added to that. But what you need is a revelation of who I am. Amen. And it'll change who you are. And you'll go and sin no more. That's why, you know, I said a couple weeks ago, to me, I have a hard time with just preaching about sin. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, everybody does a pretty good job of sinning. I don't need to preach about it. Come on. Are you still with me? I think I need to preach more about, about him. Now, don't get me wrong. We'll say this is what, what sin is, and this is what, you know, this is how that happens and all that. But, you know, to condemn people is never the answer. Everybody's already condemned, right? It's about revealing who he is, all right? And if you get a revelation of who he is, all of a sudden you start finding out who you are. Still with me? All right. So I am the light of the world. He who follows me, connects with me, amen, isn't going to walk in the dark anymore. You're going, to start, you're going to come into who you are. So somebody says, well, Pastor, that person has blown it. They need, to be, they need to be kicked. Well, you know, I've been kicked a few times. Anybody else been kicked? And um, for some odd reason, it never seemed to do the job. But when I found out who I was, all the stuff everybody wanted to kick me for, 
fell off. I can't tell you how it happened. I just know one thing. I got focused on him, and he revealed something. And when that revelation came, the darkness left. The bondage left. The chains were broke. The shackles were broke. We don't excuse sin. We don't condone sin. We don't make excuses for sin. But I have found that if you will just stay connected to him, all that mess that hangs you up will fall off. I mean, no, sin will mess you up. It'll mess you up it, because you don't know who you are. When you know who you are, you won't do that. Lady, that's not, that's not who you are. Now go and don't do it anymore. That's not who you are. And my bet, my guess, I should say, is that she didn't do it anymore. We have, you know, church history might say who she, they think she is and all that, you know, and that's fine, but, but all I know is I believe she went off and didn't do it anymore because I believe she came into a revelation. Amen. So we're not excusing sin or condoning sin, but we're saying, listen, the quickest way to get free from that mess is not to hold it over your head. It's to give you a revelation of who He is. And it'll bring in, amen, a revelation of who you are. It'll change you. I said, it'll change you. I became the righteousness of God, literally in right standing with God, because of what Jesus did. Had nothing to do with what Jerry did. Not one thing. Now, if you want to continue walking in that mess, and not believe in Him and, in, in what, and who you are in Him, then you're going to find what the results of that mess, and we all see that, and it's, there ain't nothing fun about it. It does. It's just nothing but an open door to guilt and shame and condemnation, all that mess. But when you come into who He is, amen, and then coming into who you are, I'm in right standing because of what He did. And as a result of it, Amen. It changes me. Amen. Now, you know, I've shared, you know, my testimony. I think I did that my little bit a couple weeks back, and so I'm not going to go through all that again. But, but it's not that we live by um, an experience. But you'd be amazed that when you live by a revelation, how your experiences change. Are you still with me? Because when you find out who you are, it'll change where you are. When you find out who you are, It'll change, amen, come on, or pardon me, well, who you are, you'll, it'll change how you are. Are you still with me? That's how this stuff works, praise God. So, um, we'll get right back to the very beginning of this whole thing. You're going to have to keep your eyes looking at the right stuff, keep your ears connected to the right things. Come on, somebody, let the Word change you. Did you get something today? Yes. Give the Lord a praise, somebody. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, one time... Peter got a revelation, and uh, 
Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. That, was, that came from above. Amen. But he says, that's right there off that is what he can build, amen, his church on, that revelation, that insight. And he says, you're going to have keys, keys of the kingdom, amen, things to loosen and bind, come out of that kind of thing. So your life shifts and changes with a revelation. All of a sudden, you find out who he is, you find out who you are, and all of a sudden, your life shifts and changes. How you conduct life, how you look at things, how you deal with things, amen, all begins to shift and change. Amen. And it's a work of the Spirit. The more you look into that mirror, the more you're changed into it. Amen. Father, we give praise and glory right now. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord God, for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for a revelation, a revelation of who you are. Hallelujah. A revelation of who we are in you. And I give thanks and honor, Lord God, for all the things that you are revealing to each and every one of us. Open the eyes of our understanding. Enlighten us. Amen. Show us things. Amen. And I give thanks for a people willing, willing to look, willing to seek, willing, Lord God, to, to move closer, to draw near unto you. A people, Lord God, who, who long for more of you. And as a, result, as a result of it, Lord, it begins to change who they are. And Father, we give praise and we give glory for it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.